This podcast is brought to you by our patrons. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. This is your beer, liquor, and other beverage news the week of April 18th, 2020. AB InBev donates a million to help bartenders. What's their angle? Truckload of Jack. Isn't that a country song? Molson Core is looking at CBD in Colorado. Dispensaries are probably essential businesses. Blue Spot coming back? Sure, I'll drink baby whiskey. All that and more on Have a Drink News. Welcome to Have a Drink News, the show where we cover the week's popular news about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. Let's get to the news. Indeed. Starting up first, we've got Anheuser-Busch donating a million dollars to uh, for bartender assistance and announcing that they are re- reimbursing for out-of-code draft beer. Indeed. Seems un- uncharacteristically altruistic of them. It does. Uh, I do have to ask, what do you think their angle is? <laughs> it's like, uh, I'm, I'm thinking it's at least obtuse. I don't think we're... <laughs> That's actually on point. <laughs> Could be right. I mean, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I feel like we're getting an acute case of getting off rails. Anyway, Anheuser Busch, uh, AB InBev, uh, today announced the several measures in response to the COVID nineteen ep- uh, pandemic, which you might have heard of. Hmm. Uh, pulling the story, by the way, from Brewbound, uh, th- these uh, measures include a one million dollar donation to the U.S. Bartender Emergency Assistance Program and 50% reimbursement for untapped uh, out-of-code beer through July 1st. I mean, just the beer angle of that, 50% of all untapped beer for for Anheuser-Busch has to be a big, like, okay, guys, we understand you're hurting. Please don't close or you can't sell our beer. Yeah, that's a lot of accounts. So um, I've been seeing a lot of chatter about this for bars and restaurants around here and the beer groups. And uh, a lot of suppliers are sitting there going, "Um, it's going to happen here. And then the owners are sitting there going, yeah, the beer is still sitting there. Like it's in the lines. And so everyone's like, yeah, that beer that's sitting on those taps is not getting any fresher. Nope. That's I would imagine if you know, you because you will probably have to have some people come in to run your 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 delivery service in your restaurant. I'm just picturing them going like, "All right, guys, I guess we're getting pictures while uh <laughs> while we're, we're while we work." I mean, it's not rate, like you're going to get drunk from it. At that rate, you can't you, you can't <laughs> drink at all. Like it's still there's going to be just a mass return you, of eggs to distributors. Look. I you know what? I forget how young we were when me and Ian decided that you would you were wrong. We try to clear out that keg after the wedding. Oh, that was a sixtal. That's true. It wasn't a full keg. Uh, anyway, uh, in addition to their uh, donation, uh, sorry, the uh, nation supports restaurants and bar workers who are out of work due to the shutdown on on-premises locations across the country in an effort to stop the spread of the novel coronavirus. Uh, similar efforts uh, have already been done by Boston Beer, Bolson Coors, Jameson, and others. You know, so apparently they may not have been the first to do this. Uh, yeah, they're actually trailing. This is the first we're really else. hearing about it, though. Yeah, Boston Beer has also donated. I think only to a couple of areas where they've donated to help uh, the service industry That's in true. certain Pro- places. 
I'm going to assume places where they have tap rooms. No, actually, uh, oh. Cincinnati is not one of them. Nothing in the state of Ohio. It was it was a weird it smattering. Was in, it was mostly New England, wasn't it? Uh, no, it was a couple of states in New England, and then like one weird Midwestern state that had like nothing to do with their business. Oh. Well, it, they also have some other programs they're launching. In addition, AB InBev's Master Cicerones. Uh, could you could you imagine having that as your as your title? You're the master cicerone at AB InBev. Uh, Does that master... mean you can you can swirl the Bud Light in the glass and you can tell me about say, like, the rice that was used? Like, what are you doing mm, in that job? Nothing? Must have must have been a a good year for that right. rice. Honestly, I have to imagine their cicerones are as good as their brewers. And I will say this in all honesty: their brewers have to be very good at their job. They make a very consistent product over and over again. Like that that is not an easy job to do. Well, I mean, yes, that's that's fair. Essentially, isn't that like Mother Nature? Just water. <laughs> they they turn the, the spigots on and they they get two parts hydrogen, one part <laughs> oxygen, and they show this water a picture of hops. <laughs> um with rice. Well anyway, the and rice. Uh well, how do you think they grow the rice? They have to put <laughs> The rice is grown in there. It's grown rice water. That's what they... Oh. Anyway, the, the Cicerones, brewmasters, and other personnel are leading free online educational seminars on beer serving and appreciation. Say again, AB is teaching you about beer appreciation. The company also plans to donate more than a million dollars to local and regional groups that support online uh, on-premise bar and restaurant workers, which... As this was, as I was reading this, I was like, man, I'd already been thinking a lot of servers and bartenders are probably in trouble, but the longer this goes, the harder this is on them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the world's largest beer manufacturer also plans to offer its wholesalers 50% reimbursement for all untapped out-of-code draft beer through July 1st. Hmm. It's got to be a lot of beer. Yeah. <clears throat> Additionally, wholesalers can apply the remaining 50% to transportation expenses in 2020 and they will not be responsible for dumping or freight costs related to the disposable of the beer. That's an even better deal than I was expecting they would give them. Wow. Uh, AB will also provide discounts on packaged products to move the items off the shelves uh, in off-premise retailers. They are taking a, probably a fairly big hit financially to their profits, but they're going to make sure they're, they're doing their best to make sure like the places they sell their stuff isn't going to, aren't going to close. Yeah, they don't need to lose those accounts. It's uh, <laughs> it's gonna be crunch time when things come back because they're already saying that the beer industry is down like eighty yeah. percent from where it was projected to be. Yeah, because uh, uh, we passed on the story of uh, the Brewers Association talking about oh how great things are, and it's like why would you why would you release that now? Well, they're hoping through all the bad news, no one's looking at it. <laughs> uh, anyway, AB has also extended its staff, uh, its shelf life of its beer to 90 days and is extending uh, support to bars and restaurant takeout businesses through a new growler program. Yeah, that's right. Get you a growler, a Bud Light. What? <laughs> what? Is it just their? Okay. Is it just I'm assuming their it's, stuff it's, or is it their brands? It's going to be, it's got to be their the, brands. It'll it's be their brands, be right. but. What other brands, Wicked Weed aside, because I'm, I don't know of anywhere yet where AB Any, has yeah. taps that Wicked Weed is. Um, uh, Tell me. Devil's, um, Devil's, Devil's Backbone? Devil's Backbone? Yeah. 
They bought them. Would, but would you get the Vienna? I've seen the Vienna. I'd get a. I'd get a growler of Vienna Lager. Uh, say if they had that available, mm. I could see that. I, Look, no, I. I wouldn't. Or any of that. Uh, what, what was that other brand they had? That had they had some at Oktoberfest one year. Um, they did that that kind of smoky lager. Blue point. Yeah, yeah. No, I wouldn't get a growler of any of that. Well, no. I'm I'm just trying to look. I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to come weed. up with some stuff here. Wicked weeds and think of theirs that they own that I'd get a growler of. Did they count Kona? I would get a, a growler. I wouldn't get a growler of, of anything Kona. Kona. Why? Because there's like five beers and you can get them all anywhere. Oh, that's true. Uh, it's true. You could get those off the shelves. Uh, yeah. Well, other breweries have already have uh, already announced reimbursement uh, reimbursement programs, including major producers such as Molson Coors, Constellation Brands. Get your glass refills now, uh, as well as craft breweries such as Boston Beer, New Belgium. It's not craft anymore, and Sierra Nevada. Uh, so, you know. They are not ahead of the curve on this. But then again, do you ever expect AB and Bev to be ahead of the curve? That's not that's not where their game is played. No. It's no. played seeing where things are going and then going, yes, we will put all of our might behind that now. Thank you for thank you for clearing the path. We'll drive from here. They're the apple of beer. Yes. You cleared all the weeds out. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's fair. Like they're both evil, horrible companies that no one should support. They're going to wait and watch someone else do this thing for a couple of years and show that, yeah, it, it can work. And then they're going to come out and go, we just invented this. It never existed before. And everyone's going to go, yeah, no, you're right. Good job. <laughs> uh, well, we've got a they are uh, also they're redeploying its on-premise workers from its craft brewery, tap rooms and clubs into other roles within the company, as well as volunteer efforts for Meals on Wheels and other local organizations. A hmm. uh, quote from them saying, our first priority is our people in Anheuser-Busch. Uh, our people include their employees, our communities and our partners. This is from uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is from CEO uh, of Anheuser-Busch, Michael Dorcas. I thought that was Dukakis at first. And, uh, <laughs> Rockus. Uh, also, Chap App apparently is essential. Uh, let's see. Uh, now more than ever, we are truly one team, and why? That's why Anheuser Busch is leveraging our unique capabilities, relationship, uh, relationships, and reach to not only support our employees, but our communities, uh, and our uh, communities, but also our industry partners, because we believe they will need assistance beyond the short term. And two weeks ago, though, they did institute a temporary pay increase for breweries and our uh, and our employees of its pubs and field sales reps who are still working on the front lines. So I hope there's no sales reps still out. Uh, no, I assume there probably still are because they just got to. Be I know, I know someone, and just I know, frowning. I know someone who's a sales rep, just not for beer. And no, mm -hmm. they're still working. See, so. we pulled all of our field sales reps, all the outdoor sales reps in. Like, they were like, uh, no. Uh, we still have people out. Well, all right. Well, yeah. you know what else is probably out? Truckload of Jack. Indeed. So, uh, around the country, social distancing shoppers are stocking up on essentials. Uh, not everyone has decided to buy their booze. However, earlier this week, a tractor trailer loaded with Jack Daniels was stolen in Georgia. Well, <laughs> while daring heists might be the stuff of movies in this case, the theft was far more routine. Uh, as reported in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution on Saturday, March 28th, little 
Uh, the shipment of whiskey arrived at the ITS Con Global Trailer Yard outside of Atlanta via a Tennessee-based trucking company. On April 1st, the truck was reported stolen. Investigating police officers discovered that the tractor trailer had been checked out of the yard as usual, and its driver, who was not asked for ID, did not appear to be suspicious in any kind of way, according to the ITS employee. Surveillance footage showed two unidentified vehicles, a Chevy Tahoe and a white van, were parked near the tractor trailer. Shortly after it left the yard, the van followed it out. The stolen trailer was found abandoned in neighboring DeKalb County on April 2nd. Most of its cargo was missing, according to Atlanta police officer Steve Avery. It is currently unknown how many bottles were stolen. The thief or thieves, I think it's safe to say thieves, hmm. are still at large, presumably toasting a successful heist with stolen whiskey. So they got away with it. Yeah. Yeah. They're... Justice uh, justice won't be served. These, I mean, outside of possible liver failure, I guess. <laughs> well, no, they're going to be, they're in, are you kidding me? They're selling this. <laughs> Bootlegging it. I mean, where though? Like, here, I've got a mountain of bootleg Jack Daniels. Good for you, mate. I can just go buy one. Then again, it's in Tennessee. Do they have dry counties in Tennessee? I don't know. Uh, Chapap says yes. Yes. Ah, okay then. Oh, yeah, because until recently, the county where they make Jack Daniels was dry. <laughs> where they made, they could make was... it there, but you couldn't drink it there. I you bet that was there. Yeah, I bet that was a uh, a sticking point. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So I know it's someone's gonna have stolen it, and they're gonna be since they stole it, they're gonna be selling it for like <laughs> five bucks a bottle. Yeah, that's so weird. I don't know. It's just it's a weird thing to. I mean, I guess if it's just there, you're like it's not your intent. Like I'm, willing I'm gonna to go steal they, this Jack Daniels. I'm willing to bet they didn't know, and that probably wasn't the only product on the tractor trailer. Yeah, <laughs> I like to imagine it was. It was just that, and they went. Well, we're here. I mean, here we are. Okay, yeah. I thought it was a truckload of whiskey, and they went to take it and going, well, it'll mostly be Jack, but we can probably score some higher labels out of there as well. Hmm. Look, guys, I found... <laughs> uh, Ocean's Drunken drunk 11. <laughs> I don't know. I was going to say, maybe it should just be Drunken 11. Uh, yeah. uh, well? Drunk at 11? Drunk at... <laughs> That's, I mean, that should be that should be the tagline for our new show, Drunk at Eleven. Look, uh, I, I, totally I had a bunch of taglines that I went for. News slurred at eleven. <laughs> Although it's more like seven or eight, like whenever we feel like it. I mean, you know, when Emmett maybe, feels like it, well, maybe maybe right. soon it won't be uh, slurred. Maybe it will just be real hungry with right. all this with the munchies. All that all that weed though. Uh, Molson Coors Beverage Company is deepening its relationship with Quebec-based cannabis company. Would you say Hexo or H-E-X-O? I'd say gonna... Hexors. Sure. No, Hexo. Uh, I'm going to say Hexo. Yeah. Uh, today, announcing the launch of a new joint venture to produce non-alcoholic CBD-infused beverages in Colorado. That sounds boring as hell. <laughs> um, the new venture, Trust CBD USA, will be majority owned by Molson Coors and operate as an independent company with its own board of directors, management, and resources. Mm. All products will be produced in Colorado and distributed exclusively for sale within the state. 
<sighs> yeah. Um, the Has deal this really worked out for other companies so far. Like, I feel like I don't think so. Constellation Brands uh, didn't they just have to offload their uh, their Ballast Point purchase of Ballast Point for <laughs> yeah, not but... a Ballast Point? Right, but but right now everyone's betting on that future of uh, of everywhere going legal, so they can have yeah they can have a mark they have an item on market that they could uh, start working towards rapid expansion for. Yeah, you gotta you gotta make sure you got your toe in that water in case uh, that's case you want to dive that's, in. That's not the ABM Bev model. <laughs> well, this is Molson Coors, though. <laughs> they do what they want. Um, so the deal expands the two companies' partnership, having previously launched Trust Beverage Company in August 2018 to develop CBD drinks for the Canadian market. Molson Coors, the second largest beer company in the U.S., holds a controlling 57.5 interest or percent interest in that venture, with Hexo owning the remaining 42.5. Uh, we uh, chose Colorado, but really, they're explaining why they chose Colorado. Anyway, uh, <laughs> release. We know why you chose Colorado. We chose um, Colorado because it's legal there, yeah. and we could sell our product. I mean, so we didn't. <laughs> because two what? plus two. I don't know. Yeah. Why didn't you choose somewhere like I don't know, Kentucky? Because it's not legal there. Yeah. Can't do it. Just doesn't work. Can't um, be doing that. Because Turtle <laughs> Man. That. Turtle Man wouldn't let you do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Um, yeah, it gets into a lot of specifics about like ownership and stuff. Um, uh, but okay, so information on when production will begin in Colorado uh, wasn't available, though um, Marino confirmed that no CBD products will be manufactured at Molson Coors facilities. Uh, in Belleville, Ontario, Hexo is constructing a two and a half million square foot cannabis beverage production facility to serve the Canadian market. Uh, so according to them, uh, Trust CBD USA will leverage its Canadian counterparts portfolio of hemp-infused brands in Colorado. So, oh, Canada. <laughs> Thanks, Canada. Are thinking something <laughs> land. Yeah. So can, can we get a Canadian strain that's like tastes and smells like maple syrup? <sighs> <laughs> or is that when we'd have the first ODs on marijuana? Oh, yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, I mean, you can't well, you can't really do it, but you can do you could probably do responding it paramedics would kick the door open to the smell of delicious flapjacks. I don't know, like the dank smell plus maple. I don't know that those would go well. What if there was no dank? What if it was I just? Mean, what if what if instead of of marijuana, we just <laughs> consumed pancakes? Because I could OD on pancakes. And me we and, put the edibles in me the and pancakes. Me and Emmett could too. I mean, that's that's well, like our every morning. I'm still more of a waffle person, but okay. I'm saying pancakes about about an inch thick and like a foot wide. Are you talking about those like Japanese pancakes? Oh, talking about yeah. my mom's. I'm talking about my mom's pancakes. Mm. She wants them big and fluffy. And so like when I see these little tiny tiny little stacks, I'm like, guys, what are we doing? Yeah, we're talking right. about weed. Why are we talking about pancakes now? I'm hungry. <laughs> no, that just makes sense. That's why. <laughs> That's why. Just... Don't question the segue. Don't question. Don't question that segue. Or when we talk about Blue Spot coming back. Indeed. Yes. Uh, yeah, the spot line of pot still Irish whiskeys has long been a favorite among uh, drinkers of the style of uh, of whiskey. 
the of that particular style anyway, the Irish style. Yeah, Irish. Irish. Uh, the collective family of the expression has a rich history to it, uh, as the whiskey wash had taken uh, had took note of when they reviewed the Red Spot whiskey after it returned to the market in 2018 after a 50 year hiatus. You know, it it kind of happens sometimes. With Red's return, there is only one missing from the original family. Blue. Well, it looks like it's finally coming back. And uh, if the recent approval related to bottling label by the TTB is followed through upon. Because uh, you got to get that stuff approved before you actually start making it. Uh, no, coming back. Uh, the planned pl- uh, blue spot, blue spot, single pot uh, Irish whiskey. According to the information that appears on the approved label is aged seven years. Historically, the spot was derived from the uh, label's owner, uh, Mitchell and Sons, who had a practice of marking their manufacturing casks of whiskey with a daub of colored paint to uh, determine the age potential of the whiskey with blue uh, in order of blue, green, yellow and red. Hmm. So that was seven years, 10 years, 12 years or 15. And it's cask strength is also uh Non-chilled, fil- uh, non-chilled, fil- uh, yeah. non-chilled, filtered. Huh. So it's cask strength, non-filtered. Yes. Ooh. Uh, look, I like, I like the way this is sounding. I know, right? Like, even if it's young, I kind of want to see. Wait, that wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa! Oh, oh hold yeah. on. Oh no. Okay. Even though the whiskey is is young. <laughs> uh, I want to make. I, 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 I imagine it would probably be a little bit, it might be a little harsher. Maybe it's got, you know, it hasn't had time to mellow. So what, what will this mean for an Irish whiskey? Huh. Blue spot, like its siblings sees aging in a range of cask types, uh, which is befitting of Mitchell's ori- uh, origins as wine merchants. The whiskey today is distilled by Irish distillers. Pernod uh, Ricard. Uh, Ricard. Uh, I, who I else do they own? Every time we brought that, this up before, yeah, it was on. They our... they don't own Jameson because that's Diageo, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Oh, geez. but the basically every other, did, every other Irish whiskey, right? But like almost every other whiskey maker is owned by them or Diageo. I think at this point, not all of them, obviously, but a whole lot. <laughs> Uh, anyway, what you have uh, in this particular ca- uh, case is a triple distilled whiskey from a combination of X bourbon barrels. Because what isn't aged in bourbon barrels? All the rest of the whiskey in the world is from X bourbon barrels mm-hmm. because it's bourbon, and we only use them once. Yep. Uh, the rest of the world's like, man, America, you you wasteful. <laughs> you awful wasteful of that new white oak. <laughs> well, uh, they also use uh, sherry butts and Moderna casks. Okay. Uh, the dis- uh, distilled at Middleton Distillery in Cork, uh, uh, in County Cork, Ireland, the whiskey is bottled at 118.4 proof, or 59.2 percent ABV. Assuming Blue Spot does come to market, uh, we will provide more official information uh, once it's released. Uh, from now, we we'll leave you the tasting notes from the back of the label. Uh, a light mix of pineapple, kiwi, green banana, and lime zest, followed by pot still spices, baked apple, hazelnut, and toasted wood. Mm. I want that. I need that. Right that's that's now. the nose. That's that's just what you get. Your nose is getting. 
Your your taste is a smooth mouthfeel with a subtle mix of fruit, a hint of clove oil, and cracked black peppercorns, sweet spices, vanilla, cinnamon added to, to the Stop, woods. Stop, I can only get so erect. <laughs> woods nutty contribution, and it finishes as a lasting, distinctly palatable balance of exotic fruits and spices. Mm. I yeah. feel like that's overselling it. Maybe. I mean, it's I from it, it's from its label. So I know of no Irish whiskey that can live up to no, that. not a single one. <laughs> uh, also, so, just to interject, this is the Pernod, per, God bless that name, Pernod Ricard. You want to say Pernard? <laughs> I know it's just like it Pernod. ruined everything. They should feel bad. Um, it is in fact Jameson. So it, they own Absolute they own. Vodka. They own Jameson, Redbreast, and okay. uh, among several others, and Glenlivet. Yeah. Okay. So well, okay, yeah. that checks out. Uh, I mean, they own all the old brands. Uh, Speaking of old brands, uh, Samuel Smith seems to be up to some old tricks. Yeah. uh, Uh, So earlier in March, a Maryland dog became an unlikely hero, which I've champion really. Yes. Uh, Providing curbside wine deliveries during COVID nineteen restrictions. That good boy. (laughs) Who wouldn't want a little pup coming up to you, just like oh. I'm here with your wine. And I'd be like, you can keep the wine. I just want the pets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, that good boy isn't the animal providing help, uh, isn't the only animal providing help uh, and booze during t- this time of need. In Britain, one brewery has followed suit, introducing horse-drawn cart delivery. How this isn't in Kentucky, I right? don't know. Or St. Um, Louis. At least central Kentucky. <laughs> You would think that, but you couldn't risk getting a racehorse injured. Uh, that's true. Drawing. <laughs> Horses are, yeah, that's okay. That, that would um, be a uh, multi-million dollar. Oops. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I'm just saying one of those horses that didn't win any races, that you're not going to send out the stud. You, they, they go the way of Joe Exotic's tigers that are too old to pet. There's a big open pit in the back. Where why they we, throw why are we going to get sad on this? Okay, anyway. So, according to the Guardian, Yorkshire's is it? This is Yorkshire, wouldn't you? Yorkshire's Yorkshire. Samuel Smith Brewery has deployed its Shire horses to deliver beer to nearby neighborhoods, facilitating safe beer delivery and helping people stay home during shelter-in-place orders. Think more so, buck teeth, less Middle Earth. Right. If it's Middle Earth, you'd say Yorkshire. Fair. Uh, when you were saying you're uh, just thinking of Hillshire, though, and I was like, "Go <laughs> beer, wheat, <laughs> go beer." Uh, the beautiful Shire horses have been carting around beer for 15 years, but typically deliver Samuel Smith barrels to restaurants and pubs instead of residential homes. That's going to be a weird truck delivery. You know, normally it comes <laughs> up, they best. back in. Like, man, how do you make a horse back into its spot? <laughs> back into the dock? Just man, like, that, that's some skill. All right, I mean, back. I don't know. Back, and the horse is like, uh, no, I go forward. <laughs> Um, stable manager Simon Crook explained that with initial delivery cancellations, he was looking for ways to keep the brewery horses fit and active. At home delivery became the perfect solution. Now, Samuel Smith horses deliver not just beer, but also wine and limited groceries five days a week. Oh, man. That sounds fine. (laughs) So, unrelated to horses but i did try grocery delivery for the first time and my my apartment complex is not friendly to that oh no to any delivery really because Um. because 
all the food delivery knows exactly where to go to. They're used to it by now. They've been there before. Fair. Yeah. But all of the uh, the grocery delivery, like they're not used to this, and they're coming out going like, "I don't know where to go." <laughs> Which, like, I, I've I've seen like since I've gone back to work, like two or three stopping me, like on my way in or out, going like, "Um, do you know where this uh this uh uh, uh number is?" And I look around, going, "It's not near mine. I don't know." <laughs> That those numbers don't work. I don't know where you're looking. Godspeed. <laughs> uh, yeah, but still, it, it's it's you know I like it. You know, get the horse out, get him, get him running, get him used to doing stuff. Can't. This is great. Like, there's nothing bad about this. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. actually, uh, for my birthday this week, I, was I, was say, actually, I forgot about this brand. Until I was recently. gifted a bomber of the Samuel Smith Oatmeal Stout, and then I saw that and I was like. Oh yeah, that is good. And immediately I was like, "Oh, I want that chocolate stout." Yeah, because that's all I thought of is like, oh, what chocolate what these stout. horses are delivering, which is like, it's just stout, right? They're just delivering that oatmeal stout to, <laughs> or to those although uh, Samuel Smiths who drink the winter, oh, the winter ale that yeah. was awful. I I can't stomach it. Um, there that's one of the few ciders I actually like. Uh, the Samuel Smith cider. That's worth that's worth getting. So I can see that too. That'd be a good thing to have right now. So hmm. you know what else would be a good thing to have right now? Some scotch. scotch. Always. It's never a good. It's never a bad time for scotch. No, uh, scotchy scotch scotch. And and you know who would agree with it? The Pope. The Holy Father. The Bishop of Rome himself. Because that dude's on point. Scotch <laughs> whiskey fans didn't need any spiritual confirmation that their drink of choice is divine indeed oh however it doesn't hurt this is from uh where do we grab forbes. this forbes right. yeah however it doesn't hurt that pope francis has actually declared scotch whiskey to be the real holy water amen <laughs> it's important and to note it's, that it's, he... it's, it's a shame that catholic services don't have that call and response can i get an amen <laughs> yeah Oh, it's important to note that he did say it has a li- did say it as a lighthearted joke in the Scottish uh, student priests to the Scottish student priests who offered him a bottle as a gift at a reception in the Vatican last year. Though the moment was captured on video last year, the story gained attention recently when the piece of footage censored by the Vatican for a soon to be released BBC documentary about. Uh, uh, seminarians. Semin- seminarians at the Pontifical Scots College in Rome. Okay. There's a Pontif... Really? Pontifical, yeah, uh, I guess. Pontifical? The Pontifical... I'm not entirely... Obviously, it's at the Pope's College for Scots, but... <laughs> he, he's a de-pope. He a de-pope. Uh, in a Daily Record article, documentary director Tony Kearney described the scene... He was really down to earth uh, with them all, the student priests, that is. And when they handed him the bottle, instead of just handing it to his assistant, as he normally would with a gift, he held it up and said, uh, I'm not even going to try to... Questa vera aquea santa. Which means, this is the real holy water. (laughs) Uh, As for the specific whiskey he was commenting on, it was a bottle of Oban from the west coast of Scotland, uh, both the 14 and the 21 year <laughs> are superb whiskeys, by the way. That's the Forbes uh, note there. Based on past evidence, it seems that Pope Francis may indeed like the odd tipple of whiskey 
uh, now and then, which he is allowed to drink because <laughs> Catholic. What was well, it? also he's de- he's and because he's deemed or... well he, he uh, they have a link here uh, that uh, Pope Francis declares wine a necessity <laughs> because uh, as we said before he's a de pope. <laughs> hey, you can't do the Eucharist with grape juice. What are you, a Protestant? <laughs> it goes back. What was it? Pat's dad had said before. Some uh, one of our friends had was working um, for a monastery, and when the nuns would come down after the weekend they would just bring down a giant, like giant bags of beer cans. And he was telling this story to us, one of our friend's dads. And it's when his, our friend's dad was just like, well, you can tell that's how they picked the right religion. Because <laughs> <laughs> around us, it's mostly like Baptists. Yeah. That uh, kind of thing doesn't fly. You do that on the DL at home and everyone talks about it behind your back. Yeah. Right. Now that's, <laughs> that's standard operating procedure. But it's not the first time the Pope has received bottles or even used the holy water line. A 2019 article uh, in the Dundee Courier <laughs> describes how priest Father Jim Wallace from Fintry in Scotland met the Pope shortly after taking up the role of spiritual director at the Pontifical Scots College in 2018. Joined by a group of Scottish bishops, they offered the Pope with uh, a bottle of whiskey. In the article, Father Wallace uh, relates the encounter. It was a great honor to go into the Vatican and go into the chamber to meet the Pope. And he came out and shook all of our hands. Then we presented him with a bottle of whiskey and he looked at it and ha ha, that's holy water. He obviously had obviously been gifted some whiskey before. <laughs> Father Wallace is right. As Queen Elizabeth gifted uh, Pope Francis a bottle of Scotch whiskey, along with other produce uh, from her Balamore estate when they first met in 2014. Uh, I mean, someone. Uh, oh, actually, they go on to mention in the next line that a yeah. uh, they they gave him a bottle of Pappy Van Winkle. Yes, uh, the Pope <laughs> is also not picky about uh, where whiskey he receives has come from. In 2018, uh, bourbon fanatic Father Jim Shook Shukaw. Chico sure. posted a picture of him giving the Pope a bottle of the much coveted 23 year old Pappy Van Winkle bourbon whiskey. Apparently upon seeing the bottle, Pope Francis declared that it is very good bourbon, <laughs> man. People just wanted to see the Pope lit, right? Mm. Uh, the Pope's appreciation of whiskey, especially scotch is also entirely appropriate as it was monks that first brought the art of distillation along with the Christian religion to Scotland in the 4th and 5th centuries, because Caesar completely failed to do so. Uh, Also, the first ever written reference to whiskey comes from the Lindor's Abbey, which uh, is producing whiskey again. In 1494, a record of malt delivered to, for which he can make, Uskebetha, the water of life. Uh, the word whiskey evolves from Uska. Uska? Yeah. Uska. <laughs> uh, based on these accounts, uh, the only mystery now left is what the Pope makes of a good Irish whiskey. Man, what? how is that not a thing? Hmm. How's the Pope not been gifted Irish whiskey? Maybe he has, <laughs> but nobody cares. The Irish I mean, well, no, the other, the, the, the obvious joke is it doesn't make the trip over. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah. I mean, either look, way, I'm not like, proud of the joke. It's just that it was gonna happen. It was just there. We're gonna leave. Uh, we're gonna leave that joke uh, on the floor there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So remaining note is like, okay, 
as if this Pope needs more points. <laughs> you know, like everybody loves this guy. <laughs> he's been he's been trying trying real hard. He he turned the guy who played the High Sparrow into a likable guy. <laughs> it does look the I mean yeah well yeah, that, okay. yeah it's in that 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 Netflix movie yeah with him he played and, him uh, yeah with him and uh oh Anthony I never Hopkins. saw that yeah, yeah, yeah okay because Anthony Hopkins also looks like uh Pope Benedict <laughs> uh the the Sidious because <laughs> he looked like Darth Sidious he did that's amazing Pope Benedict the Sidious <laughs> all right that would totally be a name okay um so uh, always end on the best notes uh, so we'd like to remind everyone that this is our news-only show, but we also do a weekly long-form show discussing the science and history around what you drink. If you like what you hear and you want to support Have a Drink, please go to patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow, or you can also go to haveadrinkstore.com, where we have things. Or you um, can throw us those Bezos bucks on Twitch. Yes, also important. <laughs> um, we'll see you again next time and uh once again i'm Brittany lee walker i'm justin frazier and i'm christopher walker we'll see you guys next time bye Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs>